it's one of my biggest work fears. And I, we, you see it at least once a week, just somebody getting either like blasted by a player or a football. And, and I just, I just know it's going to happen to me on TV. Like when it happens, it's going to be on camera. And I just, I'm not ready for it. Imagine if that was your career. Imagine if you were on the field thinking that you were about to get just absolutely destroyed by an NFL linebacker, wide receiver, player, uh, or get hit with a football. And that is Jordan Dolben's life, and that is her fear. So she is a player social strategist for the NFL. She's our next guest here for the Fake It Till You Make It podcast, and I'm super excited for that episode. Uh, just quickly before we dive in, again, my name is Ryan McGinnis. I am the host. Uh, I'll stop talking because I think this episode is really interesting. You guys are going to like it. And uh, let's get right into the show. The way that our team was conceived was that we recognized that players wanted to be posting content and they wanted to, you know, have social presence. The problem was access to content. Like many of them don't don't know where to get these photos or where to get the videos or, you know, how to to create an image for, you know, they want to celebrate the 4th of July with their fans. They don't know how to create this image. And so what we do is we we go to players and we kind of pitch ourselves like anybody else would. Like, hey, we have access to this content. This is how we can help you. We can be as involved or as uninvolved as you'd like. We found that, you know, like players are people too. They just happen to have brands and be brands themselves. And so um, I think establishing that our goal is to be honestly there for them. Like this is to be a service to them. It's not a service to ourselves or to the NFL. Like it's genuinely to build their brands. They building that trust has made just kind of the experience and the the value in what we do much greater than if it comes off as if there's different motives or like if we're at odds with each other, like instead of seeing the league, the players and the club as competition, like we view each other as like one big brand. Everybody's success hinges on each other. So being on the player's social strategy team is a twofold experience. Jordan helps players build their brands and connects fans with the most intimate and accurate representations of being as close to the action as possible. When she joined the NFL, she got to watch firsthand how impactful the rise of social was. But what's more interesting to me is how Jordan got here. Listen to not only how she got the job, but what she wanted to do in college. So when I first started here, I came on as a social media content producer and what's What's crazy is when I got here, I, w- it was, I had just finished grad school. It was 2015. So social was, was established with brands, but still wasn't invested in. Um, a lot of companies were short-staffed. And so I came in, and it was one of those things where they had a sm- – I was shocked at how small the bandwidth was here. When I applied, I, I saw the job on this Twitter account that tweeted out entry-level jobs in PR and marketing. And this one happened to come through my feed and I applied and I was at grad school at Minnesota at the time, a couple of months away from graduation. And my roommate actually had a, her brother was a write, a fantasy writer for NFL.com. I didn't know him at all. He, he lived out here, but I kind of connected with him and was like, Hey, can you tell me about the job? And, and so he, he helped me get my resume together. And honestly, like me getting the job was a combination of just like good luck and timing our team needed to grow. There weren't enough people. The staff was small. And so I came in and I knew enough about football and I had enough background and just knowledge of social. And I got hired and then 
kind of lucky enough after at the it was a contract position for seven months and I was lucky enough there was a position a full-time position at the end of my seven months and I've been here since I played soccer in college and so when I when I first started out I, I was a kinesiology major I knew for sure I wanted to go into PT and then a year and a half into that I just like I realized it was not for me I didn't want to work in that field I wouldn't I didn't find it fulfilling and so I actually switched over to a communications major and from there I immediately knew I wanted to do like PR marketing I I never even really thought about social media at this point like this there there were no I was in college 2008 to 2013 for undergrad so there weren't like social media specific classes we weren't even learning about social media in class so I didn't even really think about it as a job but as I got to grad school my research was actually focused on the intersection of social media and sports, the business side of sports. And so I still at that point didn't know that I would ever actually work in social. And so it kind of just worked out that way. So she started in PT, ended up in marketing. But as we all know, the path in your career is seldom straight. Everyone you meet or place you go has the impact to make a difference. And for Jordan, networking helped her not only land internships with the Minnesota Vikings and Orlando Magic, but helped her learn more about herself and what she was passionate about. So I, like, I truly believe in just like networking, but I, I find that that's one of the best pieces of advice, but also one of like the most misconstrued. People think networking means like go to networking events, go to, go to events where there's people that, that are like you, trying to have things like you. And, and for me, like I did, I did some of those things and I, and I think they're important. But honestly, like my best opportunities came from just kind of following my passions and surrounding myself with, people who at least have similar type goals as me. And so my when I was in grad school, I um I volunteered for a couple nonprofit for two nonprofits, one that my friend started and another one that I was actually actually connected to when I did an informational meeting with the director of community relations for the Vikings. He was like, "Oh, you play soccer? I actually know a guy who played soccer and he's from the Twin Cities and he now has a nonprofit here and like he could use all the help he could get. And so I reached out to him and was and just connected and said, Hey, like I'm in grad school at the at Minnesota. I do, you know, marketing. I'd be happy to help you with like your marketing, you know, as far as if you need social or design. And so he kind of let me do that. And I um I put it on my resume. And this was my first year of grad school. And I was applying for internships for the summer. And I applied for the business innovation internship with the Orlando Magic. I had zero connections to Orlando and um, I got a call about it. Like, Hey, we got your application. Like we'd love to, to have an interview with you. I was like, awesome. Okay. And so when they, when they called me, the guy who was eventually going to be turned out to be my supervisor, the first thing he mentioned was, Hey, so like I saw you did nonprofit work. Like I'm on a nonprofit board in Orlando and I'd love to hear about what you did. And it really had nothing to do with the position, but I just like connecting with like-minded people and people with similar goals and interests to me has helped me. And most of it wasn't even in my field necessarily. Now, a lot of people, a lot of people are trying to figure out when they graduate school or when they're trying to figure out if they want to pivot to something else. Uh, They're trying to plan out the next two, three, four years of their life and try to see what path uh, is there for them to make sure they kind of have this linear trajectory of if I want to get here, I do this next. And this is the most optimal way for me to get there. Now, what's really interesting is that Jordan says the biggest thing for her when going through this decision is the self-awareness factor saying, 
not just what do I want to do, but what don't I want to do? Being able to quickly filter out all of the things that you know won't get you to where you need to be and won't align with your interests. And I thought that was super interesting. Fun fact about yours truly, uh, first job offer I ever got out of college was a cold calling job. Now, nothing wrong with cold calling or sales in general. Uh, but for me, it was a really, really big tech company, uh, one that's very well known. And for me to be able to get in there, I knew that I wanted to get my foot in the door and that I one day wanted to be in a marketing role, maybe communications, and I may have to start in sales. When I got there, realizing there was this quota of being on the phone, making phone calls and cold calling all day, uh, I wanted that face-to-face human interaction. And I knew that that was just something I, I couldn't do and I, and I wouldn't do. Uh, so I was able to hold on. Uh, and continue to interview. And that's where I actually got my first job that I accepted. But uh, that was an interesting anecdote that follows on to what Jordan had to say next. I don't think it's important to know like what you want to do for the rest of your life or like what what's the right thing for you. I, I don't think that's I don't think that's important. I think you want to have ideas, of course. Honestly, the most important thing, in my opinion, is knowing what's not right for you. Because that there is once you graduate, like you go headfirst into the real world. And it's totally fine to not know what you want to do, but you don't want to get out, get out there and, and, and not know what you can't do. Cause for example, for me, everybody always said like, you want to work in sports, go into ticket sales. Ticket sales is the way into sports. Like that's how you get your foot in the door. And I was like, there's no way I can go into ticket sales. I will be awful at ticket sales. Like I will not succeed in this job before I actually get a job in the field that I want to be in. And so like, I, I didn't know exactly where I wanted to be. I actually went to grad school so that I could be a professor at a community college. I didn't actually intend on going into industry, but I was told by, an, by my instructor that like, hey, like if you want to get a teaching job, you need to have real world experience. I was like, great. All right. And people kept telling uh, ticket sales. I was like, I, I can't, like I will not, it, it won't work out. So like for me, the more important thing was knowing what I would not be able to do. So staying true to the name and the title of the podcast, Fake It Till You Make It, J- Jordan talks about getting her job at the NFL and of social media. And during the interview process, she was asked how many social media posts and how many posts does she think she can curate and post out uh, a day and how much does she think the NFL does. Her guess was 10 a day and it was one every 15 minutes. And so during the process, she talks about the fact that she knew social media, so she thought inside and out, but it wasn't until she saw it at scale uh, that she was really drinking from the fire hose. And I thought that you guys would find this bit really interesting. I, f- I felt that I knew what I was doing for social media. Like I, I, like I knew, I knew it. Like going to the interview, like I know I can be good at this job, but like in reality, I didn't have a ton of actual, like directly applicable experience. Like I helped, um, I helped that nonprofit with their social during like a gala and like I did research research on social media, but in my one of my first interviews, one of my the one of my future coworkers was like, you know, so this is kind of you know this job. There's there's a lot to do all at once, and you know, like how many how many posts do you think you could schedule like in an hour? You know, how many like articles could you go through and like find editorial like what's editorially what's right? You know, package it and get it ready to live on our channels. And I was sitting there thinking like, you know, or not even an hour. He said in a day. And I try to break it down by the hour. I was like, okay, like how many? And I, you know, I was like, like I don't know. And I undershot it so hard. <laughs> Didn't even realize like just how much, you know, was like how much volume was coming out of these accounts. And I was like, it was a rude awakening. 
But, um, you know, I, I did know enough and I think I, I was able to, you know, sell myself. And that's part of what job hunting is, is selling yourself. And, you know, you want to oversell, but also I realized that I was like, okay, there's a lot more that I need to learn if I want to succeed in this job. And so thankfully I did get the job and like they recognized I would be able to do it once exposed to it, but it was, it was rough. So Jordan is a Philadelphia Eagles fan. And for those of you who don't know me super well, I'm a Patriots fan. So doing this interview, as excited as I was, I knew this was going to come up in our interview. And the reason why I asked her about uh, the underdog story is because I feel that a lot of people starting on in their careers and those who are trying to go through really pivotal moments of figuring out what they want to do, very much view themselves as underdogs. You're trying to learn as much as you can, but you realize you're not really at a point of leverage. Uh, so you realize that all of these things that you're doing one day will hopefully put you in a position to when you reach that stage to perform as best you can. So uh, had a little fun with this bit about Jordan being a, an Eagles fan. But I think that as someone who can appreciate both the sports reference and the career reference, and as kind of the big reason why I started this podcast and trying to get people uh, excited to have a place that they can learn from other people's journeys uh, as opposed to just going solely to somewhere like LinkedIn, I think that this is what uh, this is all about, and is really interesting to hear. I mean, I I I think it's the most powerful. I mean, I love it. I can like appreciate someone who's just like completely put together, and then that and that they like they're put together. They know they are. Everybody knows they are. Like I I appreciate it, but that's kind of never actually been me. And so it's kind of fitting the whole just like that. I am a Philly fan. Um, I've just that that's never been me, and so. For me, it's been, I, I never expected to work at the NFL. Like that was the dream and I'd love to, but like there, there was never a time where I was like, oh yeah, I'm definitely like going to work there. And each time I did something that brought me closer, I still was like, oh, there's so much more to do. And so I think that's a story I appreciate the most. And, and like, I, and I think that kind of goes into just, you know, how I, how I work and, and how I like build relationships. And so uh, I think it's one, it, undoubtedly one of the most powerful stories in just like sports and life in general. All right, guys, that is it for me on this episode. I'm a little later than the once a week promise that I made to you on the first episode. And I was away on vacation. I was in Mexico. So you'll have to forgive me. But I have a bunch of different interviews lined up after this. And I'm going to stay true to that once a week. Uh, interview. So you guys can expect a new episode next week. Let me know what you thought of this interview. Let me know what you think about the content. Uh, leave a review. You can shoot me an email. Uh, I'll post that in the description of this podcast. Let me know what you liked, what you didn't like, and some ideas for the future. Because after all, the content is only as valuable as what you guys come away with. So uh, until next time, I'll talk to you soon.